This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You are listening to Frankly Speaking Panthers on Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the other day I'm looking around and I'm saying, I need to become part of a Carolina Panthers group that stays positive even in these t- tough times. And I'll tell you what. Boy, have I found a group, the Carolina Panthers Den. It's on Facebook, and you need to join today. This is a group that stays positive, has a good time, and interacts with a lot of other different Carolina Panthers fans. If you want to have a great time and talk about your team, encourage your team in a way that is done very professionally, then become a member of the Carolina Panthers Den on Facebook. Make sure to join today. Franken, we're so real glad to have you here tonight. We got a lot to talk about. We got a game coming up this Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's at stake, what's going on, how this matchup looks from both sides of the football. We want to thank everyone who's on tonight on Northeast Streaming Sports. Tobacco Road Sports Radio on Facebook, on uh, Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube, and so on and so on, as we are on many networks tonight. Also want to remind you folks at the bottom of the screen, uh, let's go ahead and put that up right now. There will actually be a phone number. You can call in one at a time, please. We have one line, so if somebody's on the line, please go ahead and wait till they hang up and dial the next number. But we have a hotline for you. You want to talk some Panther football? Go ahead. You can call in. Here's the number. It's also on the bottom of your screen. Scrolling along the bottom, 813-922-9810. If you want to talk about anything going on with the Carolina Panthers, any thoughts, suggestions, ideas, anything you want to know about, Go ahead. We'll try to get you on. We also have a comment section. Please feel free to leave comments as we have a lot to get to tonight. But um, ladies and gentlemen, that is the hotline number. And once again, I'm going to take that off. But on the bottom of the screen, you will see that number again um, so that you can go ahead and call in once again, one person at a time, please. 
Uh, for all of those that are joining us, if you can please share this to your timeline. It'll take one second. Just share it to your timeline. That way everyone gets an opportunity to watch this show just like you are getting an opportunity to watch this show as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, want to welcome you to the show tonight. Um, you know, this week coming up, it's the 5-8 and eight Panthers at the 7-6 and six Bills. Um, you know, a big, big uh, game, especially for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills have lost two games back-to-back, uh, -back, one to New England, one to Tampa Bay, two great teams they lost to, one during a blizzard, the other one in overtime. So some tough games here um, for the Buffalo Bills, who are now 7-6, um, and six, two games behind the New England Patriots. Right now, the Bills hold the last wild card spot. That's right. They hold the last wild card spot, and there's three or four different teams that are in that same position as they are with seven wins. So these last four games for the Bills are very, very, very important for the Bills. The Bills have four games left. They control their own destiny. They win the four. They're in as a wild card. The chances of them being able to, uh, you know, catch New England is not is not in a distance because they play New England once. But look at the schedule. One of the easiest schedules for the last four games. The Bills play the Carolina Panthers, as you know, this weekend in Orchard Park. Then they travel to New England to play the first place New England Patriots. And then they end the season with away uh, home games, back-to-back -back versus Atlanta and the New York Jets. And if you're a betting man and things go as planned, at least three of those four games should be wins for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, you look at this Buffalo Bills team, and we're going to break them down in a little bit. Um, but, you know, when you look at this team, even though they're a wild-card team, I still say they are the team to beat in the AFC East. No lead, division leader right now is very dominant. I mean, you can talk about Tennessee once they get De Derrick Henry back, but other than that, the Chiefs aren't that dominant. Baltimore's not that dominant. New England isn't dominant. So the AFC East, even though the Bills may have to get into the playoff picture through the wild card, they still are a top-tier team when these playoffs come back. But before doing that, they got to take care of business these last four games. Uh, scheduled that they should win 75% of the remaining games. And then when you go over, you talk about the easiest schedule, the toughest schedule in all of football, the next four weeks, why does it have to be us, folks? It's the Carolina Panthers. Panthers have, they're at Buffalo. They play their last home game the next week versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then the last two games, Alway versus New Orleans and Tampa Bay. So you figure maybe one of the games they could win. You know, it's a, a tough, tough road the last four games of the season. Um. Game time, supposed to be 31 to 31 degrees the high. The low is supposed to be 26 degrees. And, you know, I'm not even going to talk about 
the Panthers as far as playoff picture goes because it's just amazing that here's a team that is playing so terrible, so dysfunctional, and they're only one game back in the wild card. But with this remaining schedule, folks, I don't want to put a damper on anybody's spirits, but it doesn't look good. I mean, you may beat New Orleans. Some people will say, well, let's see what Tampa Bay does at the end of the year if they need that game or don't need that game and they sit players. But at the end of the day, you have the toughest schedule of any team in the NFL. Now, that doesn't mean, folks, that we don't have a chance to win this Sunday. I'm just saying that the, when you look at both teams and you look how teams are playing, right now there has to be some major changes on the field for us to have a chance versus Buffalo. Now, earlier today, you know, get out the newspapers, get out uh, all the whistles and whatever you want. There was a Sam Donald sighting, and that is correct. Sam Donald was back at practice. Now, it's going to take about a week or two for Sam to get back in the swing of things, and they have to go ahead and reactivate him within the next three weeks. For those of you folks wondering, what happens when Sam Donald comes back? Unless Cam Newton goes out and has a career game this Sunday and possibly next week, if Sam's not back yet, has another one versus Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, folks. It may not be the popular answer, but you'll probably see Sam Donald starting versus New Orleans unless Cam has an unbelievable two weeks here. Sam Donald making $18 million a year. Um, he is their starting quarterback, and a starting quarterback does not lose a job usually to an injury unless the people that are substituting for him are playing at a level better than he was. And I don't think it's a secret that no quarterback, whether it's P.J. Walker or Cam Newton, right now is playing better than Sam, okay? Sam may have not been great. Sam may not have been what everybody was looking for. But at the end of the day, he's right now the starting quarterback on this team. So we'll leave that at that. Once again, folks, we are allowing uh, phone calls in and comments. It is at the bottom. If you want to go ahead and call in, get on the air with me. Uh, the number is 813-922-9810. Please go ahead. One call at a time when the other person hangs up. Dial the number and then you call. We'll try to get you on the air as quickly as possible here. But we are talking Carolina football. Uh, we're going to talk about the game coming up between the Bills and the Panthers. So when we look at this team, the Buffalo Bills. Let's see. There we go. Nope, we did that already. Let's shoot down here. There we go. You look at this Bills. This Bills team has a high-powered offense. So, some news that is good for the Carolina Panthers, but not so good for the Buffalo Bills, is that he has a bad foot right now. So we'll try to get more when we get John Scott on in a little bit, an update on that injury. But their offense is around Josh Allen. And believe me, Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Um, he has 3,500 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on the year. 
He's rushed for another 551 touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns. So what does this mean to the Buc- uh excuse me, to the uh not Buffalo Bills, but to the Carolina Panthers? Should he should he play? They may not expect him to run as much. Obviously, with a bad foot, why would you run unless your foot is okay? Which is a big part of the game plan for the Buffalo Bills. On the other end of the spectrum, if he does not start at all, then you got Mitch Trubisky, who is um, going to be the quarterback. And, uh, you know, how ready is he? He's 5 for 5. He's been in for five plays, uh, five receptions, so 100%. But, you know, is he going to be ready to face this Carolina Panther defense, which is looking to get back on track? Now, they're running back. A lot of the load this weekend, if Josh Allen's foot is not at the um, at the point where he can either play effectively or run the football, they're going to depend on Devin Singletary, who is averaging 4.9 yards per carry, and he also has 32 receptions out of the backfield. This is the guy that splits running with Josh Allen. But the key to this is Singletary – does a lot of catching of the ball out of the backfield, which we wish our uh, backs could do here in Carolina a little bit more effectively, and he gets a lot of yardage. So that's going to be something that the Panthers' defense needs to key on if they want to be successful. Then wide receiver Stefan Biggs, what can you say about him? 78 receptions. He should go over 1,000 yards this weekend. Has seven touchdowns. You got Cole Beasley, um, who had 11 receptions versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last weekend in that comeback effort, which they lost in overtime. Emmanuel Sanders will be out for this game. Already reported, Emmanuel Sanders will be out for this game. And then they got tight end. I love this tight end that they got. Dawson Knox, 40 receptions, eight touchdowns. See, folks? They use their tight end. They use, you look at these high-powered offenses, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buffalo Bills, um, Kansas City Chiefs, okay? They use their tight ends. This is what I've been talking about week in and week out about how the Carolina Panthers need to get their tight ends more involved. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But that's how you win games. That's how you keep your offensive, uh, you know, plays keep going. That's how you um, execute on third downs by utilizing those tight ends. And the Panthers have two decent tight ends in Tremble and Thomas. Tremble out of Notre Dame. They need to start using them. They're not just there for show. They need to start using them the way tight ends should be used in a football game. Now, when you look at this Bills defense, um, you know, Jordan Poyer, what can you say? Five interceptions, he leads that defense, incredible, has nine pass deflections, 75 tackles on the year. They got two great uh, linebackers in Matt Milano, who has 71 tackles, and um, Tremaine, Tremaine, excuse me, Tremaine Edmonds, who has 82 tackles, and then the corner, Teron Johnson, 62 tackles, and six um pass deflection. This is a defense that is underrated, but very good. This defense only allows 17.6 points a game. 
if you look at some of the teams they played, that's incredible. That is a good, solid defense that doesn't get a lot of attention for some reason. And they built that offense in Buffalo by building that defense first. And that defense has been quality defense the last couple of years. And now you see the offense kicking in. That's why I, this team scares me. Even though they're 7-6, and six, they find a way in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. Um, the Bills are also on um, third down um, third down efficiency. Their offense is at a 45.8 clip, which is third best in the NFL. But like I said, they've lost their last three out of four games, uh, last two to New England and to Tampa Bay. Let's take a quick station break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, a little bit about the Carolina Panthers. And what they need to do a little bit. I'm just reading some notes here. And then in a few, we're going to go ahead and probably about 10 minutes from now, we'll have John Scott, the Buffalo Bills reporter. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to call in, like I said, please use the number that is scrolling on the bottom. We'd love to have you call in. We'd love to get your opinions. We'd love to get your questions. We'd love to get your comments. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Frankly Speaking Panthers on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the other day I'm looking around and I'm saying, I need to become part of a Carolina Panthers group that stays positive even in these tough times. And I'll tell you what, boy, have I found a group, the Carolina Panthers Den. It's on Facebook and you need to join today. This is a group that stays positive, has a good time, and interacts with a lot of other different Carolina Panthers fans. If you want to have a great time and talk about your team, encourage your team in a way that is done very professionally, then become a member of the Carolina Panthers Den on Facebook. Make sure to join today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in. I want to remind you, we do have a comment section. We do have a hotline tonight. If you want to call in, get on the air, have maybe a concern, a thought, a question about the Carolina Panthers, what's going on with this team, how we're going to fix it, this and that, go ahead, give us a call at 813-922-9810. Please. One call at a time, so that if somebody's on the line, please wait till they're done. Then the next person can call in. Once again, the call-in hotline number is 813-922-9810. And for those of you folks that think it would take a prayer, it would take 
every miracle in the world for this Carolina Panther team to go ahead and win this Sunday versus Buffalo, I think you're shortchanging this team a little bit. Okay, I agree with you. It's been frustrating. It's been disappointing. It's been concerning, okay, that this team has not played up to the level that we have expected. But at the end of the day, folks, remember, this is the same team that went into Arizona who had the best record in the NFL, and they went ahead and they just humiliated the Arizona Cardinals that day. Just humiliated them. Now, what is it going to take? We're going to talk the keys of the game after the interview with um, with John Scott that's coming up here in a few minutes. But, you know, the one thing you got to understand on any given day, any team can beat any other team. And, you know, we talked about the Buffalo Bills and their remaining schedule. You know, what a favorable schedule they have balance of the year. One of the easiest schedules, you know, I, I, I don't I hate to say easier because I know John would probably agree with me. Nothing comes easy in the NFL, but at the end of the day, when you look at the teams that face in the Panthers, the Jets, the Falcons, three of the four games, of course, New England's the other game, which they are capable of beating New England. This is a team that would, would not surprise me if they come on and they go ahead and win out. Okay, I told you there's no other team in the AFC right now that I would call dominating. There's not a dominating team. Kansas City is not a dominating team. They can be beat. Tennessee without Derrick Henry is not a dominating team. And even with Derrick Henry, they play inconsistent. Baltimore's not a dominating team. New England, you know, they're finding ways to win. They got an unbelievable coach, but they are beatable, okay? So if this is a Buffalo Bills team, like I said earlier in the show, if they can run this out, it's not the team with the best record entering the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers proved that last year. It's the team that goes into the playoffs playing the best football. If the Buffalo Bills should win out and win the next four games, they would be playing the best football going into the playoffs. And right now, I don't care if they're in first place. Or I don't care if they're in second place. I don't even care if they win third place. Long as they make the playoffs, I'm telling you, this team should be on top of the list as the team that you need to beat to get, get all the way to the Super Bowl. They still, with this record, not being in first place in the East, are still one of, if not the best teams in the AFC with that high-powered offense and that defense, which is just um, playing some really good football, only allowing, like I said, I believe, 17.6 points a game. So please, you know, don't think uh, that on this Sunday, it's never an easy game, okay? And they know that, okay? Um, but Buffalo cannot look ahead from this Sunday because what will happen is if they do look ahead, they can find out that the same thing that happened to Arizona could happen to them, and that would be not a very good thing. They're trying to get start playing well. They need to win a game here. Um, they lost, what, the last three out of four. Like I said, they lost one to New England in a nasty night game, and then they lost one to Tampa Bay. Uh, which, you know, 
Unfortunately, we don't get to change calls that I felt was taken away from them at the end of regulation when they should have got that pass interference. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of plays in a football game that make up a football game. But they're going to have to play. They're going to have to come to play. And this Carolina Panthers team has nothing to lose now. They come in. They try to go out there. Everybody is playing for a job now. Cam Newton is playing for a job. Okay, I don't think Cam Newton's the answer. I told you that, and I'll continue to say that. But at the end of the day, whether he's with Carolina next year or not, he is still battling for a job in the NFL. There's other players on this team battling for spots on rosters, whether it's this one or another one. So just don't think these players are going to go there and lay down and let Buffalo come all over them. If the Panthers can put a good game together, they could make this game interesting because of their defense. And it's going to take the deep. If the Panthers have any chance of winning this game, it's going to be because the defense came to play. Because the D, the offense is not good enough. The offense cannot compete with Buffalo. But the defense is another story. You can create some turnovers, make them make some mistakes. You never know my, what might happen in this game. All righty. Want to welcome Tom from the Carolina Panthers Den to the show. Everyone from Carolina Panthers Den, thank you so very much for joining us this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we're going to go ahead and let me get everything up here for a minute. All right. There we go. Want to make sure everything is on here. All right, there we, there we go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor, thrill and pleasure to now introduce to you on the, actually entering the Frankly Speaking Sports Northeast Streaming Sports Studio, let's welcome in Buffalo Bills beat reporter, John Scott. John, how you doing today, buddy? Great, how are you? John, doing great, doing really good. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Frankly Speaking Panthers. I really appreciate it. Let me ask you right off the bat, um, you know, the Bills are entering this game, unfortunately losing the last three out of four games, um, and they're starting what I consider is a huge four-game stretch for them. Three of the four teams are not very good teams right now this year. The other one, obviously, is New England. Um Talk about the next four games and how important it is for them to get back on track so that they can get into this playoffs. I mean, it's critical. It's now or never. They're the seventh seed in the AFC right now, a spot no one anticipated them being at at this point of the season. Most people felt they'd have a pretty easy chance of once again taking the AFC East, but New England has been better than expected, and the Bills have struggled more than some of us expected here. And it's a pretty jumbled up and tight AFC. It's like 13 teams within just a few games. So any sort of a hiccup at this point in the season could push them on the outside looking in. So it's critical, and it begins Sunday against the Panthers. Now talk about last week's game. Disappointing, I think frustrating, annoying might be a couple of words uh, that we could use to describe that game. But how disappointing was it to see the Buffalo get down in that game then they battled back all the way in that game 
should send it into overtime. Some, no doubt about it, some questionable calls that should have went Buffalo's way that did not, that would have gave them an opportunity to score a touchdown before regulation and win that game. How disappointing was that game to lose in overtime? Well, it was weird. It was it was certainly a tale of two halves. The first half looked like somewhat a lot of the struggles that they have been dealing with since the bye week, where they've been highly inconsistent, where they win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. And, and you kind of saw all their flaws come to the top of the of the charts there all in, in one half. And then conversely, in the second half, they played like the Super Bowl contending team that many believed at the beginning of the season. And so it depends what side of the coin you want to look on. Uh, if you're a Bills fan coming out of the game is, are you discouraged that once again, they weren't able to do enough to win a war one score game than our Owen five and one score games. So five of their six losses are, are one score or less, or are you encouraged because in that second half, you saw the team that most believed them to be, and you feel that maybe that can be used as a springboard for this crucial four-game stretch and, and into the postseason. We're talking to John Scott, Buffalo Bills beat reporter. John, I want to talk about Sean McDermott a little bit because you know I got to I watched that game last week um, versus uh, Tampa Bay, and the one thing I noticed about Sean that I love, and I wish more coaches would do this, is they showed him on the sidelines actually coaching a player on a mistake that happened on the play before. You know, in-game coaching, if you want to call it, uh, on-the-job training, whatever. But you don't see a lot of coaches do that. And that's the right way to win. You you correct the problem as it happens. Talk about Sean McDermott. He's been there now since 2017, has gotten the Bills um, on a winning track. How important and how much does he mean to this Buffalo Bills team? I mean, everything that the Bills are doing now is because of Brand or because of Sean McDermott. I mean, he was the first piece in there. He is the one that has driven this ship. The way he wants things done is how things are done. And the organization and the way it's run and functions has completely turned over since 2017 upon his arrival. Certainly his connection with Brandon Bean with the Panthers. He comes in and is the general manager. And the two of them have navigated the ship here to where the Bills are a perennial playoff contender. And we'll see now with Josh Allen as their franchise quarterback if they're more of a contender in the conference and for Super Bowl appearances beyond just trying to get into the postseason. Something prior to McDermott getting here, the Bills missed the playoffs for 17 straight years. It was the longest drought of any North American sport before McDermott miraculously broke the drought in his first year and then he's made the playoffs the past two seasons after that. So he has been the reason for all of this. And when you find the right head coach and then you can slot the right pieces in with his guidance and his direction from there, that's how all of this has happened. Now, of course, and Brandon Bean made this clear since he took the job in 2017, your team is only going to go as far as your quarterback. And it's a quarterback driven league. And if you don't have the franchise guy, no matter what else you do to a roster, it's not necessarily going to matter. It appears they have hit that with Josh Allen. I don't think after what you saw last season and even with some inconsistencies, what you've seen this year in the second half of that Tampa game, maybe the best he's played all year, that he is a franchise quarterback. So Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and all the pieces that he's surrounded himself with, the culture 
is something that he really hammers home and something that initially I think people kind of laughed at it. He used the phrase, trust the process is his big thing. And and it kind of was, was a little bit of a joke, but these guys really have bought in and good times and bad times. The ship is, is usually going straight. The waters are calm, even if it appears from an outside perspective that they shouldn't be. John, what's the latest on uh, Josh Allen and his uh, his foot, and will he play Sunday, or is it still up in the air? It's still up in the air. He was The Bills ended up doing a walkthrough practice this afternoon, which was close to the media, but Josh was listed as limited. We did get to speak with him this afternoon. He said he's still dealing with some soreness, and he's working with the training staff around the clock. Luckily, he feels that with a couple more days, if if he's good enough to go, he's going to play. Sean McDermott, a little more cautious approach with, you know, how he was navigating it and saying things may go this week, saying it's day-to-day. Mitchell Trubisky is going to get a little more work in practice than usual just in case. But if I was a betting guy, I would say Allen plays because the Bills are in such a critical must-win mode that they, even though they have a lot of, Faith in Mitchell Trubisky, and this is why they were so excited to get him as a, as a really, really good and serious upgrade as a backup quarterback. If Allen can go, especially against a defense like Carolina, I think he's going to play, and, and that's where I put my money right now. We're talking to Buffalo Bills beat reporter John Scott live. Uh, John, let's say he does play. I mean, with a bad foot and a big part of Josh's game is rushing the football as well as passing the football. Now, we do know that Josh is used to throwing the ball anywhere from 30 passes to as much as 50 passes to a game. How much does this change the game plan for Josh not being able to run? And how much more are they going to have to rely on Devin Singletary, who, you know, pretty much this year, he's averaging 4.9 yards a carry, just doesn't get a lot of carries when you have a running back, I'm sorry, a quarterback that runs like Josh Allen. Talk about that. Well, interestingly enough, Allen hasn't been running that much this year. It was a talking point going into the Tampa game where the Bills' running game as a whole is pretty pedestrian. Yeah, Singletary has as good yards per carry, but they just really have no running game to speak of outside of Josh Allen. And again, Allen running maybe four or five times a game, not a lot of designed runs this season called by Brian Dable, something we saw a little more of last year. And in the second half of that game against Tampa, that's really what sparked things for the Bills' offense is Allen literally was doing everything, and his legs were doing so, so much. It was the third most rushing yards he's had in his career, most he'd had since his rookie season. So he hadn't even been running a lot last season when he kind of elevated to that MVP level. And this season he hasn't run as much either. Going into the game, I asked him, if there was any reason. And he said, no, but I have a tendency to believe that they're trying to protect their franchise quarterback. And and certainly he's a lot more vulnerable and ended up getting hurt the more he ran against Tampa Bay. So I think that maybe if they go back to more of what they were doing before the Tampa game, it won't be as noticeable. Certainly it's not like he never runs and they're not going to throw him out there to play if he's completely incapable of running whatsoever to protect himself and be effective and a, and a dual threat weapon like he is. So I would say he's not going to be taken off like he was against Tampa, but I don't know if he even would have been doing that if he was healthy or not. 
Uh, the Bills really right now, I think what you saw in the first half against Tampa where they literally never handed the ball off to a running back, first team since 1991 to do that, I think you may see something more like that where it's throw, 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 throw with an occasional handoff to the running back, but but not really Allen taking off like we saw in the second half against the Bucks. Talk about this. You know, we talk about the offense. You talk about Josh Allen, but you can't forget this receiving call. Uh, core that they have. I know Sanders is out now, um, but you got, uh, what is it, Briggs there, 78 receptions. He should go over 1,000 yards this weekend. You got Cole Beasley, and I'll tell you what, I love your tight end in uh, Dustin Knox, who has seven touchdowns. I mean, that's a t- that's and compliments Josh Allen pretty well, doesn't it? They have an incredibly deep and talented set of weapons that have surrounded Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs, even though all of them, their numbers are down at, at the receiving position, they're still always a threat. Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis were really, really key in the Tampa comeback there in the second half. They were heavily involved, and Davis has taken a back seat this season in his second year because of Emmanuel Sanders coming on board, but Sanders likely not playing, and he's kind of been pedestrian in the second half of the season anyway, so Davis getting more involved. Diggs is probably going to maybe see Stephon Gilmore, um, and, and maybe we'll see if they shadow or what they're going to do there. But th- he can win one-on-one matchups against even the best cornerbacks in the league. So it, that will be interesting. And, and the emergence of Dawson Knox, he had serious inconsistencies catching the football his first few years in the league. He's shirt up his hands for the most part. He'll have an occasional drop here or there, but He's really emerged as that great, great tight end weapon that they were lacking last season and well before that. So having different types of weapons that can beat you at different levels of the field in the passing game has helped Josh Allen. But again, just as a whole with their offense, especially passing the football, it's just been inconsistent this season, even though the stats may not necessarily show it because they've had some really boom games. They've also had some, I wouldn't call them busts, but but mediocre games at best where that's where the inconsistencies have hurt them, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I think I said Dustin by accident, Dawson. But, uh, yeah, I love that. I'll tell you what, that I, I love that tight end. And I love the way they use the tight end. You know, I've been talking about that here in uh, Carolina. You know, they talk about pedestrian. You know, there's two guys on the field that are real good, but they never use them. You know, you're only as good as your weapons that you utilize them. And I, I really wish they would model their tight ends towards some of these teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, because it'd be a lot more, you know, it just would be so much better of an offense if they did. But I have a question for you relating to the offense. Last six games, Allen's been sacked 14 times, 14 times. What's going on with this offensive line? And how do you think they're going to handle that? You know, although Carolina has not played well lately, they still have a top 10 defense on that field. Yeah, that's going to be a serious issue. They've had a lot of moving pieces between guys being hurt, dealing with COVID. They've had to shuffle some guys in and out because of that. They're very close to having their offensive line intact, at least in regards to to everyone being healthy. Now, their original starting left guard, John Feliciano, was out for over a month. He was healthy and active against the Bucs, but did not play on offense. 
They deemed that mutually his health and a coaching decision. So we will see who was the starting left guard for the Bills on Sunday. That is up in the air. Beyond that, they just have to play better. I think pass protection-wise, they haven't been terrible with that that five uh, altogether there. Darrell Williams, who was in Carolina, was a great right tackle last season for the Bills. They re-signed him to $9 million a year for three years. And then two to three games in, they kick him inside to right guard. That's where it appears he's better suited this year. Got a rookie at right tackle who has great moments. And then, like we saw against Tampa and against Shaq Barrett, who's an elite pass rusher, he has some issues. So who knows how he'll handle guys like Brian Burns or Hassan Reddick this weekend with the Panthers because, uh, you know, he he's hit or miss at times. So the offensive line is a big talking point here in Buffalo and Western New York because like the team and like the offense, they've had their ups and they've had their downs, but they're certainly better at pass protection than they are at run blocking. Cause again, the run game at this point, it's almost like they've abandoned it because it's been pretty much ineffective. Now, one thing people forget, and one thing I always remembered Buffalo having the last couple of years anyway they have a very good defense, and I think this offense is so powerful that people sometimes forget how good this defense really, really is. I mean, what is his name? Uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, five interceptions already this year. I love the way he plays, but they got a lot of guys, two good linebackers. I mean, talk about this defense and how important it is for them to show up this Sunday. The defense had a equally Jekyll Hyde performance against Tampa where yeah. first half Brady and company could do whatever they wanted. In the second half, they made some adjustments and they were fantastic. And what was interesting to see out of that game was it was the second game they had to play without their superstar, all pro cornerback Tredavious white. But the first one was that wind weather game yep. against the Patriots where they literally threw the ball three times. So it was the first test to see how his replacement Dane Jackson would do. And he had a tough pass interference call against Gronk, but he was being in good position, and, and it was questionable. But I think he played pretty well. I think the defense played pretty well. They made some nice adjustments there. The biggest bugaboo that they've had is stopping the run. And New England, obviously, like I said, in that weather, they ran the ball every play except for three, yep. over 200 yards. Jonathan Taylor carved them up for nearly 200 yards himself. Derrick Henry had a monster game against them. So good backs have done good things against them. Leonard Fournette had a 47-yard touchdown run in the first half last week. So they are open to allowing the big running play and get gouged a bit. But when they've played lower-level offenses and lower-level talented backs and quarterbacks, they feasted. And that's kind of where their numbers statistically – are maybe a little inflated or deflated because they've played guys like Davis Mills and Taylor Heineke and Jacoby Brissett and Tua before the Dolphins kind of got things on track and Trevor Simeon. So they have not really played a superstar lineup of quarterbacks and even some of the ones that are better, like Mac Jones, again, threw the ball three times they weren't really doing much. Ryan Tannehill didn't really throw the ball that much against them. So they're a good defense, but they maybe aren't as elite as their stats will show. Now, 
this Carolina Panther team that's coming into town, it was just four, maybe five weeks ago. They just destroyed the Arizona Cardinals, who are the best team in the NFC. Um, this is a game, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you can't look past this game. I mean, this is a team not playing well that really has nothing to lose by going in there and trying to knock out the Buffalo Bills out of playoff contention. Um, how do they make sure they don't don't go ahead and look past this football game? I think it goes back to what I said off the top about this stretch. There's no margin for error. They have to win these types of games. They wouldn't be in this situation if they didn't have a stumble against the Jacksonville Jaguars and losing 9-6 to down in Florida. Or they wouldn't have to worry about this if they could have beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, while in the playoff hunt, I don't particularly think are that good of a team. And there's other games, again, that you looked at on the schedule and said they should have been able to win that game. And they haven't. So now they're seven and six back up against the wall as a seven seed. And they understand if you go to seven and seven, you're probably on the outside looking in with a log jam where you're bringing in a whole lot of tiebreakers. And they also still have their sights set on winning the AFC East, which is well within their reach with New England in two weeks. So uh, I don't think there's any concern or any worry that they aren't going to be prepared for the Carolina Panthers, they literally could be playing any team, regardless of the record. They know what is at stake, and now we find out if they are really the good enough team, the great team, what kind of level team they are, if they can handle business when the stakes are the highest. John, what, if anything, scares you most about the Carolina Panthers? The defense. The defense I'll be honest with you, until I started looking up things, I did not realize how elite they were. They have good pass rushers. They have good players on that side of the ball. And I think in large part, that's why they had such a good start. Sam Darnold was also playing well. Obviously, he's hurt and won't be a factor here. But they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And that allows them to stay in games. And I think. If the offensive line has trouble with the pass rush and there are some guys in the secondary that can cause some problems as well, it only takes one or two mistakes for this team to find themselves in a dogfight with the team that maybe people don't feel that they should. So what are the keys, in your opinion, for the Bills to win this football game? I think offensively they can't turn the ball over. They just – they turn the ball over – They have inopportune penalties, and they are awful, awful in the red zone. They're awful in the red zone. For as good as they are and talented as they are, they can go up and down the field, and then when they get inside the 20, everything seems to stall, and they end up kicking field goals. And, yeah, maybe you can win this game kicking field goals more than scoring touchdowns, but that hasn't been the case against good teams, and that's how you let teams like Jacksonville hang around and ultimately beat you. So I think they need to be efficient in the red zone and not turn the ball over. And defensively, they just need to try to force a turnover. They've only forced one as a defense in the past four games, and they were leading the league before that. And now, and and I think their pass rush has to finally affect a quarterback because 
at this point in time, it's been non-existent. And if you let Cam Newton break contain and get going and running the ball, I think anything can happen. So I think the pass rush needs to do well. I think the run defense, whether that's Cam or Hubbard or whomever it is, I think they need to do that because I'm not too worried about the passing attack of Carolina, even though DJ Moore, I think, is an incredibly maybe one yeah. of, if not the underrated players in the league. You know, you hit on Cam real quickly. Um, you know, Cam, you know, we talk about games and being big games. You know, this is a big game for Cam. I mean, Cam needs to come out and prove that he is what they hope he would have been when they got him. Does that scare you that you're playing a quarterback that is basically fighting for his NFL life right now as far as a quarterback goes? That doesn't scare me. I mean, he gave the Bills fits and all they could handle early last season in Orchard Park with an offense that didn't have a lot of weapons and that really wasn't slinging it all over the place, but he ran pretty well against them. They ran well as a team, and the game came down to Cam fumbling late in the fourth quarter and the Bills recovering. It was a one-score game. So I think anything is possible. If the Bills aren't able to contain and slow down Cam running the ball and running it with Hubbard and whatever they do, and if he can hit on a pass here or there or they get down into the red zone and Moore or Anderson can do something, I mean, again, anything is possible. So I'm not worried about it in the sense of, because he has his back up against the wall and and understands that he's trying to fend off PJ Walker. And that really says how far cam has fallen. (laughs) But uh, I I just think it's more so just a year ago when he really wasn't playing and throwing the ball. Well, either he was still able to give the bills a really hard time. Does that help the bills in their favor playing cam twice last year, knowing what he's capable of doing. I mean, they didn't play cam against cam a lot because he was in the NFC before, but playing him twice last year has to help them a little bit knowing what to expect from cam. Yeah. And granted, he's a different player now than when Sean McDermott was down with him in Carolina. He's a very different, he was an MVP when Sean McDermott was in Carolina and he has fallen very far. From, from that point, I, I think they understand the style. They also understand that P.J. Walker has come in recently in games Cam has started, and he's not a runner. He's a thrower. And so they, they understand that they have to almost prepare for two quarterbacks, which uh, is a challenge in and of itself. All right, before I let you run, John, I'm going to ask you, I, I don't care about a score unless you want to give one, but what's your prediction for this Sunday? Well, I did our podcast today, so I I actually have my score already. I said 20 to 10. I think the Bills are going to win 20 to 10. I think the Carolina defense is good, and I I don't think that the Bills, even if they feel like they have gotten over a hump of sorts with that second-half performance against Tampa, I just don't foresee them slinging it all over the place. I don't anticipate Josh Allen being 100% while I do expect him to play. And because of that, I think that it'll be maybe not a tight game throughout, even though 10 points isn't that big of a margin. I think it'll be a game that maybe the Bills are in control of, even though the scoreboard won't necessarily dictate it. So I'm going 2010 Bills. John, if the Bills run it out, 
let's just say hypothetically, and I know we don't like looking too much into the future, take one game at a time, but let's just say it's not impossible. The tough, only tough game they really have is New England, which, like you said, they're going to need to win if they want to win the division. But should they win the next four games, would they be considered in the AFC the team to beat? No, I think Kansas City is now, and I think Kansas City will be entering the playoffs. But I think, depending upon how they look winning these four games, I think you would be back to feeling like they could contend with Kansas City and they had just as good of a shot as Kansas City. It's just easier to trust Kansas City. It wasn't maybe earlier in the season when they were uncharacteristically struggling and the Bills beat them pretty handedly at their place. And that's kind of when the Bills went above them and and people looked at them as a Super Bowl contender. But really, since the midway point of the season, defensively they're better. Mahomes is looking more like Mahomes, and that offense is looking more like that offense. So I consider now and moving forward, unless something maybe injury-wise with Mahomes would happen, Kansas City is going to continue to be the team to beat. I think they also have the inside track of the number one seed. So then everyone's going to have to go through Arrowhead, which is not an easy place to play. Look at the Bills a year ago. They got smacked around in the AFC Championship game. So if they run the table, I would put the Bills two behind Kansas City. And in the standings, they would maybe get to two or three as well. All right, my friend. Well, John, listen, I want to thank you so very, very much for joining us on Frankly Speaking Panthers tonight. And want to wish you the best of luck and a happy holidays to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. You too. All right. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. All right. That was John Scott, Buffalo Bills beat reporter. We'll be back right after this message. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. Very, very good insight from John Scott on uh, on what to expect uh, this weekend. They're talking about Buffalo, and, you know, when you listen to John, and, you know, for obvious reasons, you hear some skepticism there. You know, which Buffalo Bills team is going to show up? couple things to understand before we get to the keys to the game, is this Buffalo offensive line, okay, is not a very good offensive line. Either is our Panthers, but same thing there. We have a better front line defense than Buffalo does, okay? We can put more pressure. Here's a quarterback that's been sacked 14 times in the last six games, you know, but we said that about the last game too, and we didn't win it. So versus Atlanta. So this is a game where if our defense shows up, if all these players just work together, execute correctly on every single play or most of the plays and win their battles, you never know what can happen. And believe me, folks, in the event, and I said in the event, the Panthers win this game, it could t- 
take them a long way. It could mean a lot. You know, what a tough schedule. Buffalo, Tampa Bay twice, New Orleans, okay? You never, ever know in the NFL. But let's get to the keys to our game. First one, our defense needs to show up, okay? We were just talking about that, okay? We had to put a lot of pressure on uh, Josh Allen. He is hurt. He is not 100% if he plays. If he doesn't play, we still got to put on Trubisky a lot of pressure on him. They got great receivers and digs. Um, they got, uh, you know, they got knocks out on tight end. They got a good, good team. They also got Cole Beasley who can catch a football. So they got a lot of weapons on offense. And if we plan on creating mistakes, creating turnovers, it's going to do a lot for us in our opportunity and chances to win this game. Next, Cam has to run the ball, and he has to play mistake-free football. You heard from John. Last year, he ran uh, ran over them. Unfortunately, what did he do to lose the game? <clears throat> he fumbled the football. So Cam has to not only use his legs in this game, but he can't make silly mistakes. He can't trip over his linemen. He can't fumble a football. He can't miss a handoff to Chuba Hubbard. He can't throw a pick six. No mistakes. Mistake-free football if you want to win this football game. I don't think it's a secret. The next thing, Atlanta, um, Atlanta I'll be okay. Buffalo, third in the AFC in third down conversions at, I believe it was 45. I don't know if I have it here. Let me see if I have it over here for you folks. I had it somewhere. I believe it's 45%. Yeah, here it is. 45.8% of the times they're successful on third down. We have to stop that. We got to get off the field. I say this week after week after week. You got to get off the field. You got to win both sides of the third down battle. We don't do that on either side. Our defense gets them into third and six or third and four, and then they give up a play that allows a first down. Okay, you just wasted the first two plays. You played so well, and then you give up the big play. Number two, the offense has to convert on third downs. Make, make the field smaller. Get three or four yards on first and second down so you're in third and two or third and one situations and execute those first downs, okay? Got it? At least one game offensive line. Show up. Can needs you and the Panthers need you. Offensive line is going to need to give cam time okay cam knows when to run with the ball he's smart enough to read the defenses he needs the time okay he can't be pressured and running all over the place if we have a chance at this game our wide receivers they need to catch the football okay football's thrown to you last week cam was throwing passes you know a little higher than they should be but they need to go up and make those catches. Good receivers, catch those footballs. And let's get our tight ends involved. 
I talked about these high-pressure offenses having these teams that utilize their tight ends. You got to get Thomas and you got to get Tremble into the game. You're going to have to stop the defense's high-powered Bills offense if we don't get a lot of pressure on Allen. I mean, this team is averaging 27.9 points per game, 273 yards in the air per game, and they're averaging 394.2 yards, total yards per game. So almost 400 yards, okay? You know, in closing, folks, those are the keys to the game. But in closing, on any given day, on any given Sunday, any team can beat any team. Why not us? Why not us? Okay? But in order to do it, you're going to have to put together a blueprint of a perfect game, like that Arizona game. Okay? You're going to have to go in. Nobody's expecting you to win. You go in there. You play good, hard nose, win-in-the-trenches type football, and you never know what might happen. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and say we can't win this game because I'd be lying. I have confidence. I have faith. But in order to do it, things got to come together. And we got to play like a one total unit that has a common goal. And that common goal is to go on that football field and to win more battles than the other team and prevail at the end by winning the football game. To all of you, on behalf of all of us here at Frankly Speaking Sports, want to wish you a very happy weekend, and let's go Panthers! Hey!